Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adewumi again. We are going through the book of the Epistle of Apostle Paul to Timothy, the second Timothy. And we are actually in chapter 4. And this chapter 4 is where Apostle Paul was wrapping up all that he was telling Timothy. And he told Timothy about how he should preach the word in season and out of season. Let's start again from chapter 4, verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reproof, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Now remember, he said we should preach the word. When you say in season, in season means when things are okay, preach it. Out of season, when things are not okay, preach it. That's very important. That there will be a time when people want to listen, tell them the truth. There will be a time when they don't want to listen, they all rather want to stone you, but still keep telling them the truth. Because it's only the truth that can set anybody free. So that's what they mean by in season and out of season. There will be a time when they say they invite you to come and talk, and they will clap whether you, when you speak well. There will be a time when they don't want to hear you, but keep on telling them the truth. When, why, why we preach the truth anyway. And he said, For the time will come, verse 3, when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they keep to themselves teachers, having itching ears. They want to still hear something, but they won't want to hear you that are telling the truth anymore. They will, uh, they will gather fables or storytellers or people that are just deceivers just to tell them what they want to hear. That's what he said. They have itching ears, so they still want to hear something, but they will turn their way away from the truth as well. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. It's talking generally, worldwide. But verse 5, Watch, there, watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry. That's to, that's to Timothy, say, do the work of an evangelist. What's the work of an evangelist? To bring people to Christ. That's the work of an evangelist. To bring people to Christ. That's one that the, the pastors are to keep the people are in Christ to keep them growing in faith, growing in grace by exhorting them, like feeding the sheep, that's all the sheep, sheep. But to bring more sheep in, you have to go out and buy them, also and bring them in. But when they are your sheep now, you have to feed them, lead them to where they can get pasture. That is the work of pastors. The evangelist is to bring them in into Christ. So he said, do that work also because it's very important. Even though you have to teach them, but you, if you don't bring them in, very soon those who are teaching, they will know everything you know. So he said, bring, do the work of an evangelist. Verse 6. Now the apostle said, I'm ready now to be offered. That is, he knew from the revelation God had given him that it's time for him to, to go back to heaven when they are going to kill him. By when he, next time he goes before the emperor. Because when they are twice, you see that in that we read this chapter 4. He said, I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That should be our goal also, everyone that is serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So that we can confidently say also, after we have done our own work, that we have fought a good fight, and we have finished the course and kept the faith. So that now is the reward that we are waiting for. Verse 8 said, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. So Apostle Paul is saying, 
he is now waiting for his reward after he has finished his course he has finished how far he, the lord has allowed him to preach how many places he has visited now he said he is now in, in, in prison there's no more place he's now old even so his his work is wrapped up he was ready to go and meet the lord jesus christ and instead he has finished the course what he laid down for him is the crown of righteousness and it's not just for him he said for as many as are loving the lord's coming there is the crown of righteousness for everyone that loved the lord's coming when the lord shall come verse 9 he went further in his exodus do thy diligence to come shortly unto me that's to timothy to come and visit him verse 10 he said for demons has forsaken me having loved this present world and is departed unto thessalonica now demons was just one of the team members that were following apostle paul when they were preaching about there are several of them after he was in prison, many of them were hung around for a while, but they may become very uncomfortable with someone that is already in prison that couldn't go out with them to other places. So one by one, they want to, they almost each one of them wanted to go back to the countries and fellowship with the brethren and just stay with the brethren. I mean, they felt like uh, just hanging around here with Paul. They are they are no more enjoying it, is what I would say. So, but Apostle Paul wanted them around because they are like a fellowship to him, like a church fellowship. Very soon, all of them left, he will be much, not, not only lonely, but he has no other person to fellowship with. So he said, Demas has forsaken me. Maybe he, he just disagreed with how, why, why Demas wanted to leave, and he said, well, you don't have to leave. And he, that man just said he has to, and left. So he couldn't convince him, so he said, Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world, and he, when you say he loved the present world, does not really mean that Demas has gone back to to sin. He may just like the the the, the, the world that is that is out there, the world of other believers that are out there. He wanted to go and fellowship with them. That could be the, the reason, rather than that he gone back into drinking alcohol and fornication, so which will be really lost if he the man went into sin. That means he was lost. But it's possible that the man just didn't want to stay around Rome anymore. He would rather go to to Ephesus and back to fellowship with the brethren over there. That is possible because Rome was a big city. Some people like big cities, even though they are Christian, they will stay away from all the ungodly that is going around. But some people would rather just go and live in the countries. They don't just want to be seeing the the ungodly people and ugly around them. See? So that can make some people to be no more interested in staying in Rome and they wanted to just cut and go to other places. But the one that is in prison in Rome, they can't go anywhere. We find that they are no more fellowshipping with him. If, if he has no body to fellowship with, they are all quitting one by one. So look at look, that's why he listed verse 10 say, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed into what? Thessalonica. There's a group of fellowship in Thessalonica. Also. So he, he, that demands rather want to be among the brethren in Thessalonica, I believe is what really happened. But he said he loved this present world. In the present world is the other brethren over there are, are still around, are still okay, while he was incarcerated. He said Christians also has gone to Galatia. That's another brother that went to Galatia. That's another group of believers in Galatia. And it's the Titus also has gone to Dalmatia. See, everybody has gone away from Paul. So it's really what he's saying here. And he said, verse 11, he said, only Luke is with me. Luke was a physician and being a, 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 about the same age uh, as Paul, we, we, I suspect. So he used to stay around with Paul and, and they fellowship together. 
that is a take mark and bring him with thee for he is profitable to me for the ministry mark was the one that wrote the gospel of mark he was a young man during the time of paul he followed them for a while in, in when they started the missionary journey and they also decided to go back to jerusalem during that time and paul was not well pleased but after a while he he came back and joined them again and paul was saying he's profitable for me right now bring him over so you see sometimes you may disagree with somebody but don't let that be permanent we people can change opinion after a while they come back to you just accept them also so that's an example of a mark that paul was saying that it's now useful to to me for the ministry here verse 12 and take cause of i sent to ephesus the cloak which I that I left at Troas with Kapos, when thou comest, bring with thee. So Apostle Paul still have people like Tychicus that he could send on errand, send it to Ephesus, because he couldn't travel out of Rome, perhaps. Now he's telling Timothy some of the personal things he wants him to bring when he's coming. See the cloak, that's like a like a coat. Maybe he's getting to winter time, he needed the overcoat. See the cloak that I left at Troas with Kapos. When thou comest, bring with thee and the books, especially the parchments. So in those days, they don't have, they don't have uh, some of those scriptures in bound, in bounded book like a Bible that we have, but they have them in some parchments. That they could write, the, they could read the letters of uh, Jeremiah in form of parchment, or they could read the books of Moses in the form of a book. But maybe all the prophetic, all the prophets' letters, like uh, Isaiah, was just in parchment that they could they make copies of it, and that was what he was referring to. That bring them when you come, because that was what he studied. Apostle studied those things. Verse 14 becomes very important. He said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Now, I want to point to this Alexander the Coppersmith. We know in the, in the book of Acts of the Apostles, how in Ephesus, the silversmiths and the coppersmiths, all of those people that are making shrine and uh, idols, they gather themselves together against the gospel of, that Paul was preaching. And they because of their trading, their trade, which is uh, making making these uh, these idols with silver and uh, with uh, gold and with uh, copper, and they realize that they are no more making much money because people are turning away from idols when the gospel was being preached to them. So these people roused up themselves and said, "This apostle Paul that has been preaching this thing is is cutting to their business and they." And rousing the Ephesians to come against Apostle Paul. You see that in Acts of the Apostles chapter 19. And that was when they were shouting, Great is our Diana. Diana was their goddess. And they had a big temple for, for that, their goddess, and where people were bringing money and buying different uh, silver wares and gold wares and those who were worshipping this idol. But when they started turning to Christ, they were forsaking the, the idol and the temple of Diana and these people that are making those shrines and making those uh, those uh, silver wares and those who are making money out of all those things are losing money so they wanted to because of economy they just wanted to come against the gospel and you see that in Daniel chapter uh, actually the Apostles chapter 19 and 
when that happened and the old city was in uproar, this man called Alexander was brought by the Jews, the Jews that are not believing. And they know that this is going to turn against the Jews if they realize that this man that is preaching these things is a Jew. So these Jews that don't believe, they try to save themselves from this confrontation with the Ephesians. And they told Alexander to defend it. So Alexander was the one that defended the Jews. He was also a Jew. And but he was not a believer. He was not he was a non-believer in Christ. And he was a coppersmith. So he was one of those people that were called together when they were saying our trade is in trouble. This man is converting people from the idols. Let's read it from verse uh, 29. From verse 28 of Acts of Rapus chapter 9, he said, When the people heard that, they were, they were full of wrath and cried out that great is Diana of the Ephesians. So it is now becoming a nationalistic confrontation. And when they are saying that, the Jews will know that they are going to be in trouble, the Jews that are living in that place, whether they believe or not, they will be the target of this uh, religious confrontation. So they try to save their neck by quickly making Alexander speak that this man is not one of us, kind of is what he's trying to say. And this is what Alexander told them, he told them that when, let's take this thing to court, don't turn this into rowdiness. And that's what you see that from verse 33. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. Because Alexander was also a coppersmith, an unbeliever. He doesn't believe in this, you know, the Jesus that Paul was preaching. So Alexander beckoned with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people. But when they knew that he was a Jew, they cried for almost hours, great is Diana of Ethiopians. But when he finally confronted, consoled them, he told them that, hey, let us not turn into violence. Let's take this thing to court. That's what he said in verse 38. He said, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open and there are deputies. Let them implead one another. But if he inquire anything concerning any other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. So what he was saying is that let's take this thing to court. And when he finally, when Alexander is compassing, heard that Apostle Paul has been arrested in Jerusalem and he was now in Rome standing waiting for trial, he must have personally took it upon himself to go and speak against Paul. That he was preaching this, he was preaching that, he was. That is what Apostle Paul was defined when he said, he did me much evil. I mean, many of the other people don't know what Apostle Paul was preaching, the, 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 the Caesar and so on. There was really no, no people bring any witness that is against Paul that we are making to kill Paul. But this Alexander who was a Jew, who knew exactly what he preached, Paul, Apostle Paul was preaching about, and he also didn't like it because it's cut into their idol making that they are making money out of he went and preached something that he told something that make paul to be in serious danger because of how he presented that this man is is make is, in, is making people not to pay tax this man is making not to buy our wares this man is saying there is another king coming and they are not going to be paying homage to caesar anymore that will make caesar say really i think we better get rid of this man that is really why apostle say Alexander the Coppers did me much evil because he, he has enough knowledge of the of the laws of the of Moses and the rules of the Jews and that the Jews didn't accept this Christ that this man is preaching and he could twist it to make these people look evil before 
the king of the world, Caesar in those days. And that was what, why Apostle Paul said, he did me much evil. He said, the Lord will reward him according to his works. And now he's giving warning to Timothy, who was also a Jewish believer. His mom was Jewish. And he was also following Paul. He said, of whom be thou aware also. I mean, be aware, be careful of Alexander the Converse because he was around the same area where, where Timothy was being a pastor. He said, beware of him. For he has greatly withstood our words. Verse 16. At my first answer, no man stood with me. That is, the Apostle Paul was first brought before Caesar and he defended his, in his case. He said, nobody stood with him. Maybe Caesar said, is there anybody that we, that's on your side that we agree with you? Even the believers that are there are afraid. They kept their mouth shut. So he also said, at my first answer, no man stood with me. But all men forsook me as if Oh, Paul, you are on your own. You are the one preaching this thing. So that was why he said, all oh, men forsook me. If I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. You see, many of the believers don't want to be identified with Paul because they may round all of them up and say, well, all of you that agree with him, sorry, if they are going to keep Paul, they might kill all of them too. So many of them are afraid to even stood up and say, well, we, we believe what he said. So that's why he said, no man stood with him. All of them forsook him. He said, notwithstanding, verse 17, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. What did he mean by he was delivered out of the mouth of the lion? Because anyone that the, in those days, the Emperor Caesar, anyone that is condemned, guilty, and condemned to die, that's how they killed them. They just told them in the in the in the den of lions to be to be torn to be eaten to be killed so that's why he, that was like their punishment in the day when they were in uh, in in judea the roman emperor and uh, the roman empire the roman governor that was ruling judea in those days in the days of jesus christ when they condemned somebody to death they crucified them for the others to see him hanging upon a cross that was what they were using to kill all those people that were arrested as thieves, murderers, and so on. That was how they crucified Jesus Christ too, as, as one that is condemned. But in Rome, when they arrest people and they condemn them to death, they were throwing them to lions. They have a, a cage full of lions, wild animals, almost like a zoo. And they kept them there for that purpose. And then they, they, they more or less use them for more like a fawn. They, they release the lion, it's like an arena where people will come and wash it. While the lion will attack these people that were, that were condemned to death. And that was what Apostle Paul was aware of. I said, if he was condemned, they, are, they were going to throw him to the lions to, to, be, to be torn to pieces by the lion. So he said, the Lord delivered me out of the mount of the lion when he first went before the Caesar. More or less, the Caesar said, well, they should retry. They said, well, let's postpone this sentence to another time. That was how he said at my first hearing. So, he said, I was delivered from the mouth of the lion. Verse 18. And he said, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So that's the prayer. He said, the Lord deliver me. The Caesar decided not to sentence now. Maybe there will be a second hearing. He said, but that how the Lord deliver him from being sentenced to death. Because Alexander's Corvus has made him look like a, a criminal that must not be allowed to live. 
because that was what he was saying, Alexander the did me much evil. He went there and told them how this man that was preaching around is, is doing evil. And what he was preaching is causing the trade, their trade to diminish and the taxes will be diminished, they won't be paying taxes. And when he listed that, I see the kings of the world will say, wow, we don't want that to happen. If you are, if you are cutting into the business of the people and they won't be able to pay as much tax, then we don't want that to happen. That was why he said, Alexander the Corrupt did me much evil. Apostle Paul was not telling them not to pay tax. He was just telling them how to save their soul from hell and they could fire. But in the end, verse 18 said, The Lord shall deliver me from every work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, the last few verses, Apostle Paul is now saluting some of the believers that he knew are still in the place where Timothy was, that he sent letter to Timothy. He says, Salute Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. You see in the earlier verses where he said Onesiphorus was helping him, was giving him, was refreshing, his, refreshing him. And that uh, when Onesiphorus came to Rome, he looked for him and diligently searched for him. So now he's saluting Onesiphorus' household. Verse 20 says, Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left in my late home sick. Now that verse 20 is making us to see that even in the days of Apostle Paul, even though we said when the Apostle Paul was preaching about there was great mighty miracles happening, even handkerchief from or aprons from Apostle Paul was healing the sick as the Lord delivered them. But after many years, you see many times people that can still happen, sometimes it's no more happening. Ah yes, yes, somebody Apostle Paul said he left in my little sick. He's one of the believers and one of the people that were following him. Now, why will he be sick that Apostle Paul prayer couldn't heal him? It could be for any many reasons. Many reasons can be the reason why a believer can be sick. If you if you disobey the law of of health, when you're not eating enough food, you may be sick. You're not eating the right kind of food, you may be sick. And prayer alone will not help you. You need to get back to order. Or if yourself have been offended, because the Bible says that if we open doors to the devil, the devil will smite. It's like a either break the egg, the serpent shall bite. So what is opening doors to the devil? Ungodliness is opening doors to the devil. Unforgiveness to because of somebody treated you with you or forgive. That can be an open door for the devil to attack the person with sickness and disease. So all of those small, small things that can also cause is is what can all of things that we say. Uh, the this little 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 spoil the vine. Say the little foxes spoil the vine. Vine. So any little sin, all those simple offenses, can make the enemy be able to attack individual believer and leave the person with sickness. And prayer of faith may help, or you just have to repent, like Bible said, pray for one another that you may be healed. And if prayer is not helping the person, maybe the person needs to look inward and see where he has offended, where he has hurt. Because Apostle Paul said he left me Trophimus to to in my letter. My letter is a city. Trophimus is the, is the brother that he was following, following Paul. He said, I left him in, in my letter sick, which means prayer has not helped the man to get well at that time. That's why we are saying sometimes prayer will not help you if you are misstepping. 
if you are misbehaving that make the enemy have an attack on, on your body or if you are not take, treating your body properly there's there's a dieting dietary law of what you should not eat that will enjoy your body there may be some things that you should exercise to keep your body healthy if you are not taking good care of yourself that can also make you sick that is really why that type of prayer prayer to help your body well may not be prayer you need you just need to do to do something good for your body take care of your body so whatever is the sickness that's an example that even in the days of apostles there are some of them that that fell sick and the, the prayer of faith couldn't help the man he has to do something more than just prayer of faith he needs to check himself that's what we learn from that verse 20 and here in verse 21 he said do thy diligence to come before him that is now uh, this is letter to timothy say wait timothy i want you to come before it's winter now he went to verse 21 he said ubulus greeted thee that's one of the people that were with paul and Pudens and linus and claudia and all the brethren these are there are some brethren that are still with paul they say, say but paul said everybody has forsaken him well, it didn't mean that there is nobody left around him. He simply wanted this particular brother Demas to be around. Who decided that he wanted to prefer to go back to Thessalonica. And then this Christian was there, prefer to go to Galicia. And Titus had to go to Dalmatia. It's only Luke is with me. As if he's the only, that's the only person left in the old, among the fellowship. But here in the end he said, these are brethren that I said they are greeting you also. Who Bulus greeted it. That must be a brother, a believer. Pudence and Linus and Claudia and all the brethren. So there are still some brethren that were with him. So, but you see, there are some inner circle, you see, that's what we are saying. There are some inner circle friends that he really want them around him. While some others are just brethren that are in the fellowship with him. Verse 22, the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. So this letter of Apostle Paul, this is the end of that second Timothy, second letter to Timothy. And as we have learned this letter of Timothy, the Apostle Paul actually gave warning in chapter 3, where he said, perilous times, perilous times will come. And we are already in that perilous times. We are things, all the characteristics that he listed, are already, we are seeing it around the world, everywhere. But we believers should keep our safe, keep our garments. The Bible said, blessed is it that Keep that wash it and keep it his garments. What do you mean by keep your garment? In holiness. Because the righteousness is the garment we are putting on. The righteousness of the saints. In the book of Revelation, he said, Blessed is he that washes and keep it his garment, lest he walk naked and the sea is shame. And this letter of Apostle Paul, chapter 3, where he said, Perilous times will come, it is already around us. All these terrible things that is mentioned here, that behavior of man, behavior of men, of the unbelievers, loving themselves, lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to praise, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, you can't trust them anymore, false accusers, incontinent fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. They have a form of God name, but deny the power of God. See, a lot of those things will happen in the end. We are seeing it happen in our time. We believers, look up and keep your garment holy and wash all this and make sure that we don't have any of these traits of misbehaviors or disobedience or pride or godliness. We don't have any of these traits in our life. 
so that we can please him that we are following the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that the Lord will bless your heart. God bless you.